0: Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English, with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 590 for the 29th of April, 2018. This week, making subtle improvements to photographs by slightly changing the geometry of the subject's face is possible with Portrait Pro, but that's just the beginning. In short circuits, your favorite browser may already have an ad blocker. Adding a utility to block sites that attempt to track you seems like a good addition too. Adding sound effects to home videos can make them seem more realistic, and the British Broadcasting Corporation has just released tens of thousands of sound effects for free. In spare parts, only on the website, Laptop Magazine's annual review of the top 10 laptop manufacturers puts Lenovo in first place, drops Apple all the way down to seventh. Maybe we can blame millennials for poor customer service. A survey says they consider good support to be less important than Gen Xers and baby boomers do. That package that's coming from Amazon might be in your trunk, but only if you have the right kind of car and live in the right city. Portrait photography is tricky whether you're a professional or an amateur. Professionals get most things right in the camera, lighting, posing, and exposure, for example but they still have to deal with blemishes and other small changes that might improve the image. Portrait Pro Studio Max 17 by Anthropic's seems like a tool that'll be useful for both amateurs and pros. I first became aware of Anthropic's a few years ago when the company released Landscape Pro. The company has several applications that take an unusual approach to photography. Portrait Pro 17 is available in three versions, Standard, Studio, and Studio Max. We'll be looking at Studio Max today. The Standard version works only as a standalone application and cannot read raw images. It also cannot write high-quality TIFFs, convert between color spaces, or operate in batch mode. The Studio version adds all of the features that are omitted from the Standard version except for batch processing. Studio Max adds that. The prices range from $80 for standard to $240 for Studio Max, but there seems to be a semi-permanent half-price sale. At version 17, the application clearly has been around for a while, but I hadn't noticed it until recently. Released as My Perfect Picture in 2006, it became Portrait Professional at version 4 that was eventually shortened to Portrait Pro. Versions 13 and 14 were skipped, as was version 16. Portrait Pro is a useful addition to Photoshop, but it seems to be less capable when used as a freestanding application. I'll explain that in just a bit. Let's start with the powerful features that really recommend it, though. When the user opens an image, Portrait Pro asks whether each subject in the image is male, female, or a child. It then analyzes the face or faces, adds control lines that allow for modification of the face geometry. By default, it seems generally to make some pretty good choices. You'll see an image on the TechBiter Worldwide website. In fact, this week you will see several, so make sure you drop by the website, www.techpider.com. In the first image you'll see, Portrait Pro has made a subtle change to the model's mouth. The program also includes controls for skin smoothing, lighting and coloring, makeup, eyes, the mouth and nose, hair, the overall image, and the background. The only non-starter is the option to change the background. The most recent versions of Adobe Photoshop and Lightroom include Select Subject, which uses Adobe's Sensei Artificial Intelligence to select the main object in a photograph. What I found is that Portrait Pro did a pretty good job with hair, but it got completely lost on one image and actually amputated the model's arm but it retained a chair. Now those problems can all be fixed, but they would require substantially more work than the selection created with the Adobe Sensei technology. In comparing Adobe's image to Portrait Pro's image, the Adobe process did leave a bit of fringing, but that's really easily corrected by the masking tool. The only part of the Adobe image that would require much manual effort is around the hair and the glasses make sure you check out the pictures on the TechBiter Worldwide website. This will make a heck of a lot more sense if you're able to see those. Now, I was surprised by the results of Portrait Pro's blemish removal, and that's the primary reason that I consider it to be a tool that is better used as an Adobe plug-in, whether in Photoshop or Lightroom. Even with skin smoothing turned all the way up, and the touch-up tool running at maximum strength, the model's blemishes in my test image were still visible. The skin smoothing was actually set way too high, and the model had taken on kind of a plastic look, but a plastic still with blemishes. Back in Photoshop, I used the clone tool to reduce the blemishes. In a real-life situation, I would have pulled back Portrait Pro's skin smoothing settings so that some of the model's pores would be visible. We are humans. We do have pores. And too much smoothing is unwise and actually unattractive. Portrait Pro did a really good job with the weathered face of a man, though. I liked the minor changes to the facial geometry in that image and used only minor skin smoothing. Skin smoothing is highly subjective. Some people appreciate it, and others express opinions similar to those of actor Audrey Hepburn. In 2016, she responded to a photographer who asked if she wanted any of her wrinkles removed in a photograph. She responded this way, don't you dare touch any one of those wrinkles. I earned every single one of them. So before fixing a portrait, make sure the subject wants it to be fixed. The key to using Portrait Pro or any other application that manipulates photographs is to tread lightly. You'll see two side-by-side images on the TechBiter Worldwide website, the original and a modified image. In the modified image, the model's lips have been made just a bit thicker, and the lipstick color has been changed. Facial geometry has been modified slightly to lengthen the face, and the skin has been smoothed just a bit. To make the changes a little more clear on the website, each of those changes is a bit more intense than I would normally use. In other words, I wouldn't thicken the lips quite as much, smooth the skin quite so completely, Or elongate the face quite as much as shown. But as you look at those side-by-side pictures, you'll probably also notice that something else is different. I've actually changed the position of the key light just a little bit. It's further to the left, that would be the model's right, and it's higher. The result is a more three-dimensional image, There is, of course, a limit to what you can do in post-processing to modify the apparent light source. It's a lot better to get the lighting right in the first place. But slight changes are possible, and sometimes they'll help an image a lot. Version 17 adds the ability to save snapshots along the way. That means you can try various approaches and then revert back to the original version, or a previous version, if the changes are unsatisfactory. So the bottom line for Portrait Pro, for cats, it is a useful retouching tool, but I think it needs to be used with Photoshop or Lightroom. When Portrait Pro is the right tool for the task at hand, it can be a miracle worker by making subtle tweaks to the photograph. Although it has some weaknesses when used as a standalone application, it plays very well with Adobe Lightroom and Adobe Photoshop. You'll find additional details on the Portrait Pro website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. short circuits, maybe it's time to add one more layer of security to your browser. Many websites connect to other online sources for a variety of reasons. Some might be advertising related, while others may provide content. If you'd like to eliminate some or all of the advertising and tracking links, you probably need two browser add-ins, TechBiter Worldwide has no tracking links or intentional advertising links, but occasionally advertising links do show up, particularly on the external news items page. Many other sites include a lot of advertising and tracking links. TechBiter Worldwide does have links to MailChimp, that's the service that sends the weekly newsletter, to StatCounter, that's a site that lets me know what kinds of browsers visitors use, to Share This, which allows visitors to share information on their social media accounts from my website, and to Google, which provides some of the typefaces that are used on the site. Most people have no objections to those kinds of links, but they may not want advertising links and almost certainly would like to eliminate those tracking links. An application such as Adblock Plus is available for all significant browsers. It blocks ads, as the name suggests. Some sites do now detect ad blockers, though, and require that you either turn the ad blocker off or pay for access if you want to use the site. Whether Adblock Plus is enabled or disabled for a site, it does nothing to halt trackers. For that, you need something like Disconnect, which is a free add-on for Chrome, Safari, Firefox, Opera, and the Samsung browser on mobile devices. Disconnect Private Browsing stops major third parties from tracking the web pages you go to. It is pre-configured to block the sites most people will want to block, but users can examine its activity on each site and then choose to change the block settings universally for the site, or for any blocked or allowed site, that's called from the site you're looking at. Disconnect detects any attempt to connect to a site other than the one you are visiting. It then categorizes the requests into several different groups, Google, Facebook, Twitter, advertising, analytics, social, and content. By default, all network requests except those in the content category are blocked. To see what's happening, you can display a list view or a view that visualizes the connections for you. You'll find a button on the toolbar that shows the total number of tracking requests on every page. A drop-down list divides the tracking requests into each of the categories and then color codes them. Green means the requests are blocked. Gray means they are allowed. You can change these as you wish. The most common tracking sites, Facebook, Google, and Twitter, are shown at the very top of the list. These can be blocked or allowed. Other tracking sites are shown in their categories and may, of course, be blocked or allowed. Check marks mean the tracking site is blocked, and all services except those in the content category will be blocked by default. A visual indicator at the bottom of the list will give you an idea of how much time and bandwidth have been saved. If you want to use Disconnect with an ad blocker, you can, but it is important to install them in the right order. For Firefox, Disconnect must be installed before your ad blocker. For all other browsers, the requirement is exactly reversed. Disconnect must be installed after the ad blocker. I think this is a plugin that's well worth looking into. Use your browser's add-on function to find it, Or you can visit the Disconnect website and click Get Disconnect. That will automatically direct you to the appropriate location for your browser. Foley is what makes motion pictures, television programs, and radio reports sound real. Named for Jack Foley, it is the addition of everyday sounds during post production. You'll hear them in movies and TV shows. If you listen to NPR, you'll hear them in some on scene reports. Or maybe you won't, because when Foley work is done right, It goes all but unnoticed because it creates believable sounds, without which the program would feel unnaturally quiet. Sometime in the mid-1960s in a film class at Ohio State University, one day's lesson was part of an episode from the TV program Gunsmoke. Well, that tells you how long ago that was. It was a fight scene, and we watched it twice. Once with Foley work that had been done well, the one that was actually broadcast on network TV, and another in which the Foley work was, at best, ham-handed. One was believable, the other was laughable. Even home video productions can be improved with right sound effects, so you might want to run out and buy one of the better sound effects libraries available. The BBC Complete Sound Effects Library, $5,000. The BBC Historical Sound Effects Library, $1,200. And the BBC Nature Sound Effects Library, $4,000. Or if you don't have $10,200 lying around, how about free. The BBC has released its full sound effects library for free, but only for personal, educational, or research purposes. More than 16,000 sounds are available under terms of the Remark license as high-quality wave files. High-quality, uncompressed, full fidelity. Need the sound of a guillotine chopping off a head? It's in there. The Foley artist didn't really decapitate anyone, though it's a cabbage being chopped with a sharp knife. Crinkled cellophane, that sounds a lot like a crackling fire. Galloping horses are usually coconut shells on wood. The license itself actually makes for an amusing read. You'll learn, for example, that you cannot use the sound effects for profit, sell them, use them for evil purposes, or pretend to be the British Broadcasting Corporation. Unfortunately, some of the old sound effects are gone forever because somebody decided that old magnetic tapes should be erased and reused. If you cut together your own videos at home, check out some of the sound effects. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website to the BBC and see what they can do for your production. And we're going to make a big production out of spare parts. It's only on the website. That's the only place you'll ever find it. This week, Laptop Magazine's annual review of the top 10 laptop manufacturers puts Lenovo in first place, drops Apple all the way down to seventh. Maybe we can blame millennials for poor customer service. A survey says that they consider good support to be less important than Gen Xers and baby boomers do. And that package you've got coming from Amazon might show up in your trunk, but only if you have the right kind of car.